I think yeah. Le'Veon Bell is going on Twitter too much and reading trolls and <laughs> fucking going, going crazy. How do you even freaking write upside down? <laughs> I don't know. Two on one. A fantasy football podcast. With your host, Steven Bautista. Bad boy good. Bad boy good. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Two on One, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everybody's best friend, Dominic Rickard. Uh, so before we start the show today, um, for you hardcore two-on-one podcast fans, I'm sure you noticed a difference in the sound quality of our voices. Well, I want to give a quick shout-out to Zach Rickard at Audio Gear for the hookup on the Sure microphones. We appreciate it, Zach. Thanks, man. And also a huge shout out to Fantasy Graphics. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Fantasy Graphics, graphics spelled G R A F I X, for designing our new podcast logo, which you can see on our brand new Twitter page for the podcast at 211FFB Podcast, where we're not only going to have updates about the podcast and general fantasy updates, but also weekly rankings and start and sit advice. We also have a new voicemail line uh, where you can call in and ask us about fantasy related questions that will answer a play on the show. And that number is 562-352-6275. Now on to the show. NFL. Quick hits. All right, guys, I just want you to stop and take a moment to think about how amazing that Rams and Saints game was. I mean, I was on the edge of, the, of my seat all game. I couldn't keep my eyes off of it. It was a constant back and forth of touchdowns being scored. Ultimately, the Saints defense played just good enough to be able to give the Saints the win, 45-35. But now the Saints have the tiebreaker for home field advantage. Um, if these two teams do end up with the same record at the end of the season, it might be an important uh, home field advantage for the Saints. Another game that was being hyped up this week was the Battle of the Goats. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Going into the fourth quarter, it was all tied up at 17. The Packers were driving the ball. And another fumble, this time by Aaron Jones, doomed Aaron Rodgers. The Patriots went on to score 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to win 31-17. to The star of the night had to be Cordell Patterson, who rushed for 61 yards on 11 carries and a touchdown. Not too bad for a return specialist. On the injury front this week, A.J. Green has been sidelined for a turf toe injury. They're reporting that he will not need surgery, but they are saying he will be out for two to four weeks. And also, Raheem Mostert, who was made famous by a rant by Matthew Barry and starting to be a very productive fantasy player, was lost for the season with a gruesome arm injury last Thursday night and will be out for the rest of the season. Now, this one's for you, Dominic. I got two questions. First, what did you think of the Rams-Saints game? And most importantly, did the Saints just get even better by signing Des Bryant? Yeah, my initial thoughts of the Rams-Saints game were I was going against Vince, who had Kamara, and that was one of the most impressive first halves I've seen in a long time. I don't think he scored many points in the second half fantasy-wise. It was a great fantasy game, but I was on the wrong end of it, so I was actually sweating the game the whole time. And then... Adding Des Bryant, I didn't know, I didn't think it was a good signing at first, but then I heard that they're putting, um, Cameron Meredith on IR for the rest of the year. And so I think it brings balance. I know they have, uh, Smith as their deep threat to stretch the team out, but I, I think it affects Michael Thomas a little bit in fantasy as far as, uh, targets. But I mean, he already had 20 targets a game, so it's not going to hurt him too bad, but I definitely think it helps the Saints and you can tell that they're pushing for a Super Bowl. 
Tommy, do you think that it mainly affects maybe the running backs a little bit more? I know Dominic said Michael Thomas, but maybe Des being more of a red zone target. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely why they brought him in was to be that red zone target. Kind of going back to Michael Thomas a little bit. It's not really, they don't really play the same game. You know, they're, they're, they're two different types of receivers. I know physically they look the same, but you know, Michael Thomas is almost like a juice Landry in a way where he's catching passes all over the field and, and, and running. You know, I think, uh, he, he ranks towards the bottom of, of receivers in air yards, uh, before he catches the ball. So a lot of his, because all of his yards are gained on yak, you know, on, on yards after catch. So Dez, I think, is going to be there within the 10-yard line, even the five, run a fade route, run something, you know, toward the corner of the end zone where he just physically is going to, you know, not necessarily just be taller than other DBs, but push him out of the way, which is definitely going to hurt Kamara's uh, stats because Kamara is one of the highest, has the highest targets in the red zone out of anyone, running backs or receivers. So it's definitely going to eat into his potential a little bit. But I think this team is good enough. And like we've seen with Taysom Hill, Champagne knows how to spread the ball around. Dumb on the other side of it. How do you think this loss affects the Rams? Do you think they're going to keep pushing harder? Do you think they, you know, they kind of go on a slide from now on? No, I think from a fantasy perspective, you know, Todd Gurley owners, all the receivers from the Rams owners are happy with this because now they don't have the fear of them not playing in the last game or last two games when it comes to a big playoff push. I'm happy with Todd Gurley that this means that if the Rams and the Saints keep pace, the Rams are going to have to try to win out to uh, try to get that home field advantage, as you mentioned before. So from a fantasy perspective, I, th- I don't think they slow down. I, th- I think they might lose one, one more game just because it's a tough, you know, NFL season, but they have their week, their bye week 12. And so, uh, maybe with that bye being so late, that helps them out and they, they str- finish strong. Yeah, that's a good point, man. All right. So yeah, I'll roll into my quick hits and not to get too political, but with the midterm elections just happening and, uh, Veterans Day and Thanksgiving up, the, uh, NFL networks, you know, Fox, CBS, and, uh, they're planning on actually showing the national anthem for the first time. And I know a lot of people, my father-in-law in particular, and then I had a coworker from the Midwest who's actually boycotting the NFL football season because the way they handled the national anthem protest last year. So I just wanted to give my thoughts on it and then hear what you guys had to say because they will be broadcasting it. I think that the networks in the NFL have been doing a great job. The NFL is uh, very savvy at, you know, media presence and not really talking about it this year. I think it's really, buried a lot of those concerns. Personally, I never cared. I care more about fantasy and they could pretty much, you know, have a, a terrorist running the organization. I'd probably still watch, but, uh, <laughs> what, what are your guys' thoughts on, on, well, on my, I don't feel like that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you guys know me, I'm not a, I don't, I don't like to talk politics very often, but I mean, you know, you've heard a lot of veterans say that that's exactly why they served. And, to give people the freedom to be able to speak their mind and, and do actions like this to protest. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, maybe that's not the way I would possibly do it if I was protesting, but at the same time, I understand why they want to do it and, and I respect their, their decisions. So that's my take on it. And then for those of you that know me, you know, I love to talk about politics, but the best thing I think about the 2018 season is that they have stopped talking about this whole kneeling thing, the whole, flag thing it just it took way too much away from the game last year and it was such a distraction and it was really nice to just play football this year because that's what it's about because at the end of the day 
we're all going to have different political views. We're all going to think differently. But the one thing that really brings us together is football. And for people that listen to this podcast, especially is fantasy football. And, and even on Twitter, there's, there's one guy I definitely disagree with his political views, but I told him straight up like, Hey, at least we can agree on the Raiders. You know, we both had a laugh and we moved on. And so I don't know. I, I get the push for the, the month of November for the NFL to have, um, the salute to, you know, salute to our armed forces, which is great. I definitely, you know, am in favor of that and appreciate that, but it's, I don't know. And in a way, it's kind of like not necessarily rubbing salt on an open wound, but it's, it's just bringing it back up. I mean, I guess it's picking the scab off the wound and like, let's talk about this again. And, and I have family members like you, Dom, that yeah, we're, we're boycotting in. I thought it was really stupid. Yeah. Just to sum it up, I, I think, I think, uh, I agree with you, Tommy. I think them not talking about it was the best move. And I think we, we can move past that. That's why I bring it up. I hope them showing it in those two special occasions doesn't bring those, those feelings up. And I hope it brings fans back because, you know, the NFL is still the greatest league in the world. And I don't care what you say. Soccer is the most popular sport, but the NFL in America drives the most revenue and it's still the most exciting sport to watch. Definitely. All right, guys, now let's move on and uh, let's check out um, our poll of the week with, wow, check out this poll. Whoa, check out this poll, man. So, yeah, my poll this week for for everybody was uh, just a simple question. Who's your favorite person to beat in our fantasy league? And then I had a follow-up question, uh, not to get too uh, political again, but exactly risky or political, but... um, are you an ass or are you a breast man? Cause we need to know these things. And I like, I like people to get to know us <laughs> a little bit better. So the number one answer for favorite person to beat was, uh, 40% of our league. We got a hundred percent participation. So four guys said that week's opponent or someone that was projected higher than them. Then I know you're going to be uh, sad to hear this, but Tommy was number two at 20%. I'm not going to give names on who said it. 20% of the league set or said, yeah, me. so, so two people to said, me? You were the yeah. favorite to beat. Yep. Yes. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you could guess, but, uh, that I came in at 10%. I have no idea. <laughs> and so did Matt. Matt came in at 10%. And then I'm sure you guys can guess who said this. Uh, he said, no one, because like the Raiders, I don't beat anybody. Uh, and then, uh, the last one was 10% week 16 opponent. And then he gave a rambling answer. So I'm guessing you can ans- answer who that was. <laughs> so pretty interesting poll. Usually it's the person you, you want to beat. And then this is my favorite part. 75% of the league came in as breastmen and 25% came in as assmen. And if you think about it, how did, you know, a half a percentage or, you know, 5% each way, it's because John was split both evenly. He couldn't make a decision. <laughs> of course. But then I broke it down even, even further. So two previous champs of that 25% were assmen and three were boobmen. So the majority of the, the 25% were ass man. So it's more likely that an ass man will win the trophy than a breast man. Oh, that's what this was. That's where that poll was leading. No, I just tied that in at the end. Just for fun, <laughs> man. That's really good. <laughs> I like it. That's funny, Tommy, man. How do you feel like, uh, being a uh, en- public enemy? Number one. I mean, for someone that's never won the league, I think it's interesting. <laughs> and I think it's, uh, it's definitely a commish thing and, and I'll, I'll take it. Um, even if it was just you two guys, I'll still take it. Cause, uh, and I think that was my answer. Anytime I could get a win over either one of you, uh, I'm definitely pretty excited about that. Yeah. I said Dominic straight up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't beat no, I, him most of the time, but straight up, I dominate. I, 
I think the uh, two people that answered Tommy were, I think it's just because you're the most involved, you know, on the chat boards and on being the commissioner. And so obviously you most involved. So it's enjoyable when they beat you. That's, that's my take on that. Nothing personal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good job, Dominic this week, man. All right, let's move on to some fantasy football talk. All right, guys, this question is for both of you guys. The Le'Veon Bell, James Conner. I know we've kind of talked about it over and over, um, but it's obviously getting a little bit closer now. Uh, Apparently, uh, Le'Veon Bell has until next Tuesday to sign his tender. If not, he will not be able to play uh, this season, obviously giving James Conner the position, the starting running back position for the Steelers for the rest of the season. Obviously, has tons of implications in uh, fantasy, the fantasy world because he's been a running back one all year. And I would just want to get your guys' thoughts on, you know, if Le'Veon Bell comes back, what kind of, you know, what are we expecting to see? And do you think he'll take uh, the job back from Connor? Uh, Tommy, we'll start with you, man. Well, I'm actually kind of curious to see here what Dominic has to say, being that he recently traded for Le'Veon Bell. I feel like I've been talking, saying the same thing since week two or three. <clears throat> about Le'Veon Bell and him doing whatever you know he wants to do that has nothing to do with football and not hurting his trade value when he comes back or just his overall contract value by getting hurt or underperforming. But like I said, I kind of want to hear what Dom has to say first. Yeah, I obviously hope he comes back since I traded for him. But in the two weeks that I've traded since I've traded for him, I I don't think he's going to come back and be the starter right away like I initially did. I think it's James Conner's job and they mix in Le'Veon, uh, maybe more into playoffs. It's a, it's more of a split, but I think if the Steelers can use both of them, their offense is going to be that much more dynamic, but just so much ball to go around. And why, why ruin a good thing? You guys saw what they did tonight. It was pretty impressive with Connor out there and then Juju eight and so did AB. So even Vance McDonald got in the mix, got a second touchdown. Uh, I know that because I'm going against them in fantasy this week, sure enough. But um, I think either way, I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen. And these cryptid messages are making it even crazier. But obviously, I hope he comes back and he helps my team in the playoffs. I swung for the fences. I don't want to fade out, uh, you know, with just Todd Gurley trying to get me through each each matchup. So I hope he comes through, but I'm definitely not confident. And if he doesn't sign by next Tuesday, I'm cutting him immediately and picking up a, a waiver guy. It's the best I can do. So I, I think that's real fair assessment. And, and I think you're right. You know, I think Le'Veon Bell, even if he did come back to play for the Steelers this season, does have a place in the backfield. Even if it's not in a starting role, I think he'll still be, it'll be really dynamic to have both those running backs back there. It's kind of like thunder and lightning within both backs. So you have it twice. And then, you know, the other thing is like, you got to have someone good if if something happens to Connor if he gets hurt and I don't want to put it out there but he did get a you know possibly get a concussion tonight so there's one thing you know but yeah with all these cryptic messages with passing the sticks you know like what what does it exactly mean you know I think we already talked about it like off air that you know it could go either way so it's like um, I don't know I I still hope that he that James Connor is still the lead back at this point no matter what happens but. Yeah, uh, even as confident as I was up to this week, now that this week is here, I, I really have no idea. You know I what's funny? Yeah. Too? Oh, go ahead, Tom. No, go ahead, Steve. I've talked enough. Go ahead. Right. 
You know what I think is funny is when people are like, oh, you know, the Steelers don't want Le'Veon Bell back. Like, you know, why would they not want Le'Veon Bell back? Like, they're obviously doing pretty well right now. They're wanting to win a Super Bowl. Why wouldn't you want one of the best backs in the NFL back? And then to combine him with James Conner, I mean, okay, James Conner's a little bit tired. Oh, we're going to put in Le'Veon Bell now. You know, it's like you could have them both on the, the backfield at the same time, you know, spread them out. You know, it's just incredible that people – it's funny how people have such recency bias and, and they just think, oh, James Conner's the best thing ever. And everyone forgets that Le'Veon Bell like destroyed the league last year. So um, if he comes back, I think it's going to be probably a you know 60 to 40, maybe at the beginning, 70, 30 for Conner uh, just because he's earned it. And also he's obviously in football shape. And we've talked about that before. It's going to take Le'Veon Bell a little bit to get into that football shape. But yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. And, and obviously it's going to have a lot of fantasy football implications. But we'll see what happens. And, yeah. you know, when you see Samuel for, you know, for the Steelers, the guy no one's ever really heard of scored well, at least one touchdown tonight. You know, I think that shows there is some room, you know, they can spread it around like Dom was saying and still be okay. One more thing to wrap it up. Uh, the one thing I just don't can't stand is the, you know, that they have the secret handshake that he's not going to come back and then they're not going to wait. They're not going to franchise him next year. If that's happening and the league lets that slide, that's what pisses me off as a fantasy football player and as a bell owner that there's secret handshakes in the background, yeah. you know, that, that, and so that's if that illegal, happens, man. that's not cool. If that, yeah. If that happens, I'm going to be disappointed with the NFL and with the Steelers organization, but mostly just because uh, I'm not going to be able to play bell. I thought yeah. Steve had a source that that was happening. I mean, I tweeted about I, it. I, so. It was, uh, I think uh, Mike <laughs> Florio, man, pro, uh, pro football focus or whatever he has, the pro football talk. Uh, he he had said that they had a uh, a secret handshake, but you know there's so many rumors nobody knows, you know, and and that's the thing, and and we're just gonna have to wait and see, you know. And we, now we have at least a date, and it's next Tuesday, and we said it before week ten, we always thought it was gonna be the time he had to come back, so now we know. We'll see if he doesn't come back by Tuesday, then he's not coming back this year. So I'm sure you're hoping, Tommy, he does not come back this year. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to fantasy studs for week nine. Hey, stud. I got two fantasy studs this week for running back, both running backs. Two guys that are kind of underrated uh, this going into the week. Uh, my first one is Tevin Coleman. He had 88 yards rushing, five receptions for 68 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Also helped uh, Jeff beat my team this this last week. Um, and then I had Duke Johnson finally made an appearance this year. He had uh, only eight yards rushing, but he had nine receptions for 78 yards and uh, two receiving touchdowns. Tommy, who do you have this week? Yeah, definitely had Tevin Coleman on my list too. It was, uh, what a, <laughs> what a performance by him. So the other guy I have is, is Michael Thomas. Kind of obvious. I think why I think everyone saw that great performance by him. 211 yards with one touchdown off of 12 receptions. Yeah. 39 PPR points in fantasy. It was amazing. Jeez. And then to top it off, you know, cause it was actually like not, it was a good game for him, but it wasn't crazy. But then that touchdown, you know, where he beat a, Marcus, Marcus Peters. Peters of all people, you know, to get to get to the end zone and then and then bust out the Joe Horn homage, you know, with the cell phone was, was awesome to see. Yeah, I'm a little more old school. I didn't really like the celebration. Not I liked the celebration, but I didn't like the player Come who on. did it. No, it's I didn't like the player. School. I didn't like get the player who did it because <laughs> he is such a goat, you know, bring your lunch pail to work type receiver. I can see, you know, all the flashy receivers doing that, but I just did not see that from him. And and then it costs his team, you know, 15 yards, which is fine. I'm fine with that. But <laughs> any other receiver, I would have loved that celebration. But I guess I am old school in that sense. So my stud this week on the same team, 
Alvin Kamara. I talked about him earlier, so I'll just give you his stats. 33 fantasy points. I'm pretty sure 29 of those fantasy points were in the first half. 82 yards rushing, two rushing TDs, four receptions for 34 yards and a rushing, a reception TD. Uh, killed my team and, uh, that we all know he can do that. Where, where's Mark Ingram at, Steve? I don't know, man. I was, I was talking about that earlier, um, with somebody at work and I was just like, I, I don't know. And, and, and what hurts more, I think now is the Des Bryant signing, you know, so now you got another red zone target. I honestly didn't think Kamara was going to be such a, and I guess I should have, he was going to be such a good goal line back. You know, I think that they have no problem putting him on the two yard line and running the ball with him. And he's shown he can do it. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't think uh, people are, some people are saying Mark Ingram's going to start trending up, but I just, at this point, I don't see it, man. I don't know. What do you think, Tommy? I get why you, you would think that about Camara. It, it just, he looks more like the scat back type, you know, and Mark Ingram looks like more like that, not necessarily a plotting runner, but, you know, a bigger guy that's going to punch it in there, more your goal line back. So I, I thought it was a safe uh, draft pick, you know, when you got him and, and held on to him and, they definitely wanted to get him the rock, you know, his first game back, but yeah, it's, it's not looking great for him. And, and like you said, it's just, you know, adding another person to the pot, you know, with, with Des. Who gets a touchdown first? Taysom Hill, Mark Ingram, or Des Bryant? Ooh, that's oh, a Des, good one. Des for sure. They're if they're playing s- the Cowboys next week, for sure it'd be Des. Well, they're, you know, they're going to scheme them in the first yeah. week they have to. That, like I said, they, that's what they just did with, uh, with Mark Ingram, the first game he was available. Kamara had nothing. Uh, and that was, that was funny too, you know, to see Kamara have that bad of a game and then actually read and see some people trade Kamara because of that. They were so freaked out. That's crazy. All right. All right, guys. Uh, Dominic, why don't you take us on to uh, Fantasy Duds this week? <laughs> you got the dud! Yeah, my Fantasy Dud was my stud last week, which makes him even more of a dud this week, Mike Evans. And the thing that makes him a biggest dud ever is he had 10 targets. I could not believe it. 10 targets with one reception for 16 yards wow. after a 29 point attempt la- or performance last week. I, I mean, the game w- was weird. I mean, OJ Howard got a lot of the touchdowns and a lot of the, the targets, but I, I, I've had a Fitz Magic back. It was a good matchup. I, I just couldn't believe it. And I was just going to say, just to, I had had actually the, all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a dud. It was Mike <laughs> Evans, one reception on 10 targets. Deshaun Jackson, two receptions for 32 yards, and Chris Goodwin, uh, two receptions for 40 yards. So you're talking about five receptions for about, you know, some 80 yards for their starting receivers last week. That's crazy. And it was a, and it was a decent day fantasy wise for Fitzmagic, yeah. but I guess, yeah, all OJ Howard, right, Dom? Yeah. So that's, that's funny. Your, your, uh, dud was your stud last week. Um, I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, definitely a dud this week, stud last week. Nine rushes for 17 yards, zero touchdowns. Caught all of this, all the passes thrown to him, uh, all three of them for only 16 yards. So yeah, terrible day for him. I know he's got a couple of guys, uh, on his offensive line that are hurt right now. So hopefully, you know, that's not the case. Chris Thompson's still out. So hopefully he bounces back, but just, yeah, after a great performance, like, uh, you said, Dom too, in week eight, just kind of sad to see. And, and another one real quick that I have is Sam Darnold for, for the Jets. Those four interceptions, it's terrible. You know, and I know he's hurt now, but definitely was, wasn't expecting that terrible of a performance from him. All I needed was the Jets to, to lose by three points or less or win the game. 
and Ashley would have won her five team parlay for 20 bucks would have won us $440. So I hate the jets more than anybody else right now. (laughs) That that sucks, Dom. Uh, One last dud for me. And that's because I said it last week. I asked Tommy a question. If I was crazy thinking uh, Derek Carr was a, uh, a, a low end QB one. And yeah, I was crazy because he only had 171 yards passing and that's it. So not a good week for the Raiders, obviously. So a tough one for all us, all, all our, all our Raider fans out there. Losing Bruce Irvin too. Bummer. Yeah, crazy, crazy, man. All right, guys, let's go uh, to our players worth picking up this week. Uh, Dominic, give us your waiver wire. Number one waiver wire pickup. Yeah, this is a, a week late, but uh, I picked him up after last week's podcast. And if you watch any deep podcast show, you should know the name. Uh, I actually don't know his name. I just call him MVS for the Packers. <laughs> uh, Marcus Valdez Scolding or something like that. Let me, Valdez Scantley. Thank you. I, I mean, that's how new this guy is, but he's uh, he's not getting a lot of targets. But with the targets that he is getting, he is producing. Last week, I started him. You guys probably were like, what, what's Dominic doing here? And he got no one thought that. Yeah, no one thought you, you thought he was going to be good. Well, yeah, I mean he's uh with um he got what's his six name? targets. Jerome Allison going down. Yep, he got six targets, three. Oh, I picked him up before he went down, but six uh-huh. targets, three receptions, and 101 yards. So three targets. He's he's six five, I think. Runs like a four four forty, and he's Aaron Rodgers' new toy, and he and Aaron Rodgers trusts him. He's coming off of. 19 point performance, a 13 point, 12 point, 13 point. So pretty nice uh, floor there. So that's my pickup for the week. Yeah. With the Geronimo Allison going on injury reserve too, that's a big, uh, that's a big boost for anybody now. So he's going to be the clear cut number two. Are you going to keep rolling with him as your wide receiver too? Uh, I'm going to put him in the uh, slot position this week because he's (laughs) uh, predicted to be one point lower than Calvin Ridley. And you know how I feel about that. But yes, I'm going to be rolling with him. You do like some Calvin Ridley, too. Tommy, who's your pickup of the week? Well, um, another it, it was Adam Humphreys, um, but hearing, <laughs> hearing you have uh, the entire Tampa Bay offense on your dud list, Steve, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure about it, but Adam Humphreys didn't make your list, so maybe if you are really looking for a flyer and you need someone to fill in during bye weeks because we're still in the thick of bye weeks, um, Adam Humphreys did have 28 PPR points last week with eight catches uh, for 82 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, someone's got to get the ball. It might be OJ Howard. It might be Mike Evans. It might be Deshaun Jackson. It might be Chris Godwin or it might be Adam Humphreys. So if you feel like rolling the dice, that's your man. All right. Mike pickup this week is Elijah McGuire from the Jets. Um, Damn it! That was my super sleeper. No, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Well, no. you know, there's the Jets coaches were saying that they reminded him. Uh, he reminded him of LT uh, back in the day. So I was like, hmm, is that Chargers LT or is that Jets LT? Because that's a big difference. True. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's my pickup, especially in, in a running back um, in a league where running backs aren't available as much anymore. And it's a pretty good uh, pickup right there that uh, may be able to help some people out. So. Yeah, and I think McCown gets some more stability to that offense. They don't turn the ball over as much. And, yeah, I think uh, McCown's a good quarterback. Yeah. All right, guys, let's check out our voicemail. We have a couple of messages that were left by some fans. Um, so let's start off with this first one. Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Haystack Hank. Uh, I got myself uh, Le'Veon Bell, and I know he's going to sign his tenure in the next few days, but I'm going to trade him for people that aren't that good. 
Uh, what do you think of it? All right. I love your show. Ten stars out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy, man. <laughs> All right, let's get to the real one, Steve. All right, this next voicemail is from uh, Tim Lakis, uh, asking a real question this time. What up, fellas? Uh, this is Tim, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, i got a question for you. I'm in a 10-man fantasy football league with my family, and um, I'm stacked. It's a standard league, and I'm stacked at wide receivers. Um, <clears throat> and I have Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Tony Michelle, Aaron Jones as my running backs. Um, I just beat uh, two and sixteen last week, and I'm almost a lock for playoffs. And he is out of the playoffs, so I offered him a trade for Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones to get his best running back, which would be Melvin Gordon. So, quick question: I offered that trade, and he thought it was collusion, just due to the fact he's not going to make the playoffs. Do you think this is a fair trade, or do you think he's somewhat correct in saying it's collusion. Uh, love to hear your opinions. Get me back. And again, this is a standard league, so that may help. All right. Thanks. Bye. Collusion. <laughs> well, I think we know what Dominic thinks. Um, you know, it's so weird. Like, you know, I think the veto is there. I mean, first of all, I hate trades that get veto, but if the, the veto is there for certain instances where a commissioner may think that it might affect the integrity of the league and may um, affect other players. In this case, you know, I would at least want to hear the uh, owner, what the owner of Melvin Gordon has to say of like why he decided to trade this. Like, because obviously Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, you know, those are, you know, you're talking about the third best running back. And for two guys that are, you know, I guess low end RB twos, high end RB twos sometimes. So, I don't know. I mean, it, I'm kind of torn about it. I, I'd say at this point, I mean, I guess you let it happen, but I'd be pretty upset about it, to be honest with you. Well, well it was it was the oh. owner of Melvin Gordon that suggested that it would look like collusion. Oh, it, okay. This is a clear-cut player dumping. There's two facts here. One, why would you trade the second or third best running back for any other running backs unless it was Todd Gurley or Kamara? Yeah. And two... The fact that he has to say is eliminated from the playoffs is clear player dumping. Yeah. I, mean, I, I always say, like, if you have to ask the question, then you already know the answer. <laughs> yeah. That's what I always say about anything. You know what I mean? Like, so if right. you think it's collusion, it probably is collusion. You know, I mean, so come on. Come on, Tim. You're better than that, bud. So, so I think, you know, Tim think Tim is asking to, you know, is it is it at least a fair trade? And I say, like, even if it wasn't collusion, I could see how it could be viewed as collusion. But definitely, it's not a fair trade, in my opinion. I mean, if you were offering someone like Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones, and like maybe, you know, it's like getting a little bit closer. But because he's eliminated, you're clearly improving by getting Melvin Gordon. I agree. And I think Tim's just leaving his voicemails to try to sneak back on the podcast and take my job. So <laughs> I see what you're doing, Tim, and I like it. All right, those are pretty good questions for the voicemail for the first week. Uh, now it's time to hang out with our favorite commish, Tommy Mo. The Commissioner's Corner. All right, guys. So since we're halfway through the season, I thought it was really appropriate this week for our game in the Commissioner's Corner to do mid-season awards. So we're going to go over who we think, uh, each of us, who we think is going to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year, the Defensive Rookie of the Year, 
the offensive player of the year, the defensive player of the year, and the, the MVP, and who our Super Bowl teams, who we think is going to be in the Super Bowl uh, at the end of the season. Steve, why don't we start with you, offense rookie of the year? All right, dude. My offensive rookie of the year uh, is Saquon Barkley, just because he is amazing. Uh, I love everything about him. I like how he plays. Um, he already has, uh, through eight games, 519 rushing yards, five touchdowns, but he also has 58 receptions for 497 yards and two touchdowns. So obviously you're getting a production on both rushing and uh, receiving from him. Dom? All right. So I'm going to go different because that's the clear cut, obvious one. And I'm going to say dark horse, Calvin Ridley. Uh, you guys know I have him on my team, but he already has 44 receptions. I'm sorry, 44 targets, 33 receptions for 463 yards and seven reception TDs. So if he keeps performing and Barkley's team takes the crap, I think he takes it. I have Saquon Barkley too, to go along with Steve. 197 fantasy points halfway through the season is ridiculous. Uh, and I just think he's amazing. He's exactly what I thought he was going to be. I'm kicking myself for not drafting him because I love rookie running backs. And this yeah, is the why. Yeah, you're the one who made me a believer back in uh, Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. They're fresh. They're ready to go. Some of those guys are just like, I, I, I forgot who said it, but it was someone in the league telling a rookie coming up that, oh, I think it was actually Todd Gurley was saying to someone else, maybe Sony Michelle, that it's going to be easier than you think it is, you know, and your first year in the league, I don't know, maybe just because you're just running and you're fresh and you don't think about it as much. Um, they're just ready to go. So yeah, Saquon's having a great season. It's great to see. So how about uh, the defensive rookie of the year for you guys? Let's start with you, Dom. Yeah, I got, uh, we talked about him a couple of times. Uh, one of my favorite defensive players this year, Denzel Ward for the Cleveland Browns. Didn't know, I mean, I didn't like the pick. I didn't know much about him. I know he went from to Ohio State, but he's got 40 total tackles and three picks already. And I don't even know how many pass uh, deflections, but he's a lockdown corner his first year, which is pretty impressive with the type of receivers he's been going against. Steve? Yeah, my uh, guy this year is uh, so far is uh, Bradley Chubb from the Denver Broncos. Um, he already has eight sacks on the year, which is very impressive for a rookie, especially defensive end. I know he benefits a little bit from Vaughn Miller being on the opposite side, but you know a lot of times these defensive uh, pass rushers come in with just one move, and, and then you know after a couple game film um, film on them, they're able to kind of see okay, this is all he does. But he's been able to show a couple moves that's been helping him. So eight sacks for a rookie already—that's that's pretty impressive. So Bradley Chubb for sure. Nice. I like those picks. I definitely. Uh agree with both of what you guys are saying uh i had denzel ward here too um he, he's been my number one pick since i think week one um, when i was rolling with the cleveland browns defense for like six or seven weeks he's he's amazing uh and to dom to, to answer your question he has 12 deflections so far wow. so yeah shut down corner all the way i think teams are finally stopped or finally stopping testing him you know I, I think early on they're like oh we can throw on this guy and they learned their lesson pretty quick yeah, I think honorable mention here too, Rokon Smith for the yeah Bears. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, offensive player of the year, Steve. Who do you got? I have Patrick Mahomes right now. Um, he's already thrown for two thousand nine hundred and one yards, uh, twenty nine touchdowns, and seven interceptions. And he's also uh, been able to rush for already one hundred and thirty seven yards. So, definitely Patrick Mahomes, and he's got a great team, and he's doing a really good job. So, really impressed with him so far. Yep, I second that. I had that written down, and I'm not even going to try to think of anybody else. 
And I'll third that one too, because I think this guy's legit. And I was definitely questioning how good he was going to be. And we've talked about him since day week one on this podcast. This guy's the real deal. Um, so far, 321 points in fantasy, which is insane, man. Absolutely insane. Especially this part of the, uh, at this point in the season. And he wasn't even drafted in our league, which is insane too. No, like that's crazy, man. So dumb. Yeah, I think if we all could go back, he'd probably be top of the pretty close to the top pick. Let's go defensive player of the year here. I'll go first. Uh, I'm taking uh, Aaron Donald. Um, he's already done a great job. I'm sure you guys already picked him. I'm just so impressed, man. I can't believe a defensive tackle already has 10 sacks. Like this guy is just playing yeah. at another level. Like, and he's in the inside, and we all know because we all played. You know, when you're a defensive tackle, you're you're you know you're you're guarded on each side. So you got the center of the guard on you. You know, so. You know, for him to have already 10 sacks, I mean, he's just a disruptor. I love watching him play. Great athlete, man. It's crazy. I'm the same way, Darnold. I laughed when you said it, Steve. Uh, <laughs> he is a true 99 on Madden. I've played Madden for since it came out, and he is probably top three 99 overall in his position. He deserves it hands down. I think he has something like seven or eight tackles for losses this year as well. So he gets in the backfield and just disrupts uh, running game as well. And uh, 30 total tackles, but back-to-back defensive player of the year in my mind. So I wanted to be a little bit of a contrarian here. And I know, especially lately, a lot of these defensive player of the year awards are going to defense alignment who are making like the most sacks or uh, even a DB or who's leading the interceptions. But you know, as I was looking uh, at the stats for the year to make this pick, one name that just kept popping up to the top as I kept switching between tackles and sacks and interceptions and and even pass deflections was was Kiko Alonso for for the Miami Dolphins. And I think it's a little weird, I, you know, like he's definitely not someone that I, I think is on anyone's radar, but. Just looking at their production, 83 tackles with three interceptions, you know, the same amount as Denzel Ward, uh, with nine deflections. So he's all over the field. He's making tackles. He's dropping into coverage. I, I just think all around, he's a really great player. And, and maybe it's just stats, you know, and, and Luke Keekley's had those stats before, but I think he's definitely, you know, someone that should be up for consideration, you know, besides someone that just makes a lot of sacks, you know, so that's my, no, I agree. I think, he's got yeah. amazing amazing motor for sure but when your team sucks so bad you have more exactly (laughs) yeah and and also that you gotta be honest these awards always go to teams that are doing really well you know what i mean and the the dolphins aren't playing very well so you know it's highly likely that'll probably be you know somebody on a on a winning team that's maybe a one or two seed in the nfl playoffs let's go to the big one mvp of the league I think we're all going to have the same answer for this one. It's kind yeah. of going that way after, yeah. after the offensive player of the year. I was a little surprised. I'll yeah. go first just because uh, I copied Steve twice now, but uh, MVP <laughs> Drew Brees. Whoa. Whoa I, they, I did not think yeah. that. MVP Drew Brees because, I mean, I, I'm I'm a big believer in people that are due, and I think he's due this year. Uh, he's been a great in the league for so long, but he's – not as many pass yards as Mahomes or, or, or fantasy points. He's got 239, but he's got 2,336 pass yards, 18 TDs, uh, 25 rush yards, who cares, two rushing TDs, and one uh, target for a two-point conversion. He's got 18 pass t- TDs and one interception. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's good, dude. QBs, you know, they're usually MVPs. Has he ever won one or no? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. 
The year they went to the Super Bowl, I don't, I don't think he got. He was Super Bowl MVP probably for that one, but that's interesting. Why don't we get our stat guy John to look that up? <laughs> All right, my guy is Todd Gurley. I'm shocked Dom didn't pick Todd Gurley. Yeah, that's who I have. Yeah, I mean the guy has 868 rushing yards already, 12 touchdowns. He also has 362 receiving yards with four touchdowns. So. I mean, this guy does it all, and I've said it before in the podcast. I love watching him play. He just he's an exciting back. Every time he touches the ball, you feel like he's going to score a touchdown. So, uh, for me, Todd Gurley for sure. Did you say his point total of the year? No, Fantasy I did not. Points? Go ahead. 252 points. That's crazy. Halfway man. through the season. That's why Dominic's that's in an, first place. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. The only reason. Hey, uh, quick question. Was it supposed to be MVP of the NFL League or fantasy MVP? Fantasy. NFL. I mean, yeah, that's oh. what I meant. NFL. Yeah, NFL. NFL. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, who do we think is going to be in the Super Bowl? Rams, Patriots for me. You know what? I am going. I have the Saints and the Steelers this year. I think the Steelers get over the hump over the Patriots. They just look really good to me. And if they get Bell back, watch out. But yeah, Saints and Steelers. I'm hoping. I, I think that'd be a really good Super Bowl. Something fresh and two teams that have good fan bases and they'll bring people to the to watch it. You know. So, uh, yeah, I think that'd be a really good one, too. But I have Saints-Chiefs. Uh, originally, I had Saints-Patriots, but I feel like if the Patriots and the Chiefs meet in the conference championship, something about that offense is just not going to slow down, and, and they're going to get the win. So kind of having, you know, a little bit different, and I think seeing Drew Brees go against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl would be really cool. I would love to see that, but Andy Reid will lose in the AFC Championship yeah. game. I think, division, I think division champion, division game, dude. We'll All see. Right, good, yeah, good stuff, Tommy. All right, let's move on to Super Friends League Talk. The Super Friends League. All right, guys, let's do a quick recap of last week's games. Mexicans lost to Jeebus Strikes Back, 146 to 144. Brady's Brown Boys defeated The Godfather, 155 to 109. The Expendables defeated Arm Rodgery, 131 to, uh, to 119. Time to Eat defeated Stand Up Colin, 180 to 119. And Noble Savages won 166 to 111 over Watson Mackinac, my girly. All right, Tommy, what's Game of the Week? All right, guys, your Week 9 Game of the Week goes to Jeebus Strikes Back with his 146 to 144 win over the Mexicans. Sorry, Steve. We were really pulling for you on this one, but Tevin Coleman out of nowhere just happens to end up on Jeebus Strikes Back's team somehow the week that yeah. you're playing him and has his best week of the season. It came, it was really close. It pretty much came down to the Green Bay uh, Patriots game and Jimmy Graham having pretty pedestrian day all of a sudden catches a touchdown in the end zone ah. and pushes Jeebus Strikes Back two points ahead of Mexicans. So, sorry, Steve. That was a real tough loss. To talk about his win, the man himself, Jonathan Simpson, the manager of Jeebus Strikes Back, is on the show. Welcome, John. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. Welcome. That was a very uh, <laughs> tough game, Steve. I uh, I prayed a little bit, and it, it came through. So, uh, what can I say? I got a question for you. Going yes. into uh, that game with uh, the Packers, did you wish that you have started Greg Olson because he got, I think, 16 points? Yes, I was definitely kicking myself a bit because I had uh, Marvin in for Detroit. He had a respectable number, but uh, right before halftime, 
they were targeting Graham, and I knew it. All I needed was a catch and a touchdown. Uh, thankfully, I think it really came down to one of Steve's players, actually. Ingram had a fumble, and if he didn't have that, he would have beat me with the tiebreaker. I think he had uh, Duke with like 20-some points, so I know he would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So that was... So I definitely I came out right the right time on Sunday night. I was fist pumping when I saw Graham get that touchdown, and uh, I definitely had my my uh, prayers answered. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jeff, for that loss, man. I appreciate that, bud. He got a <laughs> for people that don't know, John got Tevin Coleman on a last minute Saturday trade that was authorized by the commissioner. We don't have any wait time for trade, so we're ruthless in this league. But uh, good job, John, man. Well, well done and well played, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always a tough victory, especially against uh, yourself that had a hot streak. But uh, I foresee yourself uh, turning it turning it around. I hope so, man. So what do you guys have for any uh, observations on the teams this week, uh, going into this week 10, or um, any kind of uh, free nuggets for anybody? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I had a long list, but uh, I'll keep it short. I'd say look at your guys's matchups coming into the playoffs weeks you know 13 14 and 15 yep uh, even, even week 16 there's a, a lot out there that uh are some pretty scary matchups pretty good matchups as well but like one example marlon mack last three week weeks is playing houston who's ranked 20th dallas 23rd and the giants who are 12th just the stuff like that just take a look at your matchups and and hope you can push through if you make it to the playoffs free nuggets yeah, Dominic, I think that's a really good point, and that's something you brought to my attention a couple of days ago when we were talking about, I believe, Saints players, and uh, just yeah, I don't think people enough people look into um, you know those those playoff matchups and maybe kind of stashing someone if they have the possibility to do that, you know, for those good matchups because yeah, there's some definitely brutal matchups at the end of the year, so yeah, it's something to look for um, if you're uh, one of those teams that you think you're going to make the playoffs this year. Free Nuggets. Tommy, uh, Dominic, why don't you give us a quick rundown of the uh, league standings? So right now, we got two teams at 7-2. and two. Uh, I'm in first place, and then John bumped up to second. Congratulations, John. Then we have Vince, uh, Matt, and Steve all at 6-3. and three. And as Vince gladly pointed out on the message board today, that teams 6 through 3, actually, yeah, 6 through 3 have higher point totals than 1 through 2. So that's that luck factor that we went back to. But, uh, so we got Matt at fourth, Steve fell to fifth, and Vince is at third. Then Tommy's at that last playoff spot, rising from, like a phoenix from the bottom at four and five. Are you on a three game or four game win streak, Tommy? Three game right now. Three game win streak. Then we have Arm Rogery, who, uh, can't seem to get his guys healthy all together on the same page at three and six. And then Jeff at two and seven. Looks like he's out of the playoffs. And then, uh, stand up Collins in last place at 0 9, but after a strong Thursday night performance from Ben Roethlisberger and Vance McDonald, might get his first victory this week. John, you got any any suggestions for the for the league? Uh, well, a little bit of touch on with the waiver, as uh, you can see from some of my transactions, we're definitely uh, in the you know four dozen or so. Um, so definitely, uh, as I mentioned, streaming defense, the defense I really like, I've picked up in a few other leagues is, uh, Indies defense. They've kind of been under the radar and they're going against a questionable Jacksonville. Uh, so that's always a, a, a nice plug and play. A uh, few other players I kind of saw, uh, someone I've had before, Sterling Shepard, Giants wide receiver. 
uh, always a solid number two, number three wide receiver, can always score into the 20s if needed. Uh, I also saw Darren Sproles is going to be coming back. He's always an interesting plug and play. He can maybe get 15, 20 snaps and who knows, you know, six catches, 50 yards, touchdown. Um, and I even saw that Vince dropped uh, Kirk Cousins, who I might have to make room for that I've uh, dished my second oh, <laughs> quarterback. Oh, did? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I believe it was uh, maybe yesterday or so. So maybe I thanks, shouldn't have John. broadcasted it for everybody. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> John. That was a six-pack of free nuggets right yeah. there. Free nuggets. Uh, but real quick on Kirk Cousins, his playoff matchups are terrible. And I think Vince knows that Seattle 32nd ranked defense, Miami 25th and Detroit 21st. So maybe good for a couple weeks now, but in the playoffs, get him off your bench. He also has Mahomes, So he knows after the bye, he's going to start all the way through. <laughs> yes, well, no, a, definitely. He, Kirk Cousins has a terrible week 11 matchup too, which I was going to pick him up for Tom mm. Brady's bye, but it's not looking good. So. Speaking wait. of Tom Brady, Tommy, you still think he's a uh, a, a top twelve uh, quarterback play this week? Oh yeah, I love Tom Brady. Tom Brady is an every week starter in my book. Even if he's going to burn you, you still got to start him <laughs> because he's a winner and he's going to make something happen. And with Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, how much he throws to James White, if Gronk ever gets off his ass and starts oh, doing man. something relevant. I think he's a great start every single week. That's why I drafted him because I just wanted to put him in there and not worry about it. But he does have a bye coming up, so I got to think of someone else pretty soon. It looks like Gronk's already been. Uh, um, they're saying that he's not going to play this week because he got zeroed out in. Uh, or, or actually, no, you know, I think he's a. Uh, he might be playing, but he's still questionable. He hasn't practiced all week. But uh, free nugget for somebody out there, Art man. I try to trade a tight end. To, uh, I try to get a tight end from Art. He has OJ Howard and Gronkowski. And he said he needed O.J. Howard because he's doing so well. And I was like, okay, we'll trade B. Gronk then. And he said, no, because he, he, he can always go off. And I'm like, always go off? He can't even get on the field, man. So <laughs> I might want to get rid, you know, get one, rid of one of those tight ends and uh, um, possibly just play a running back or receiver in that uh, flex position. Free nuggets. I would just going to agree with Steve. He's, I would think that he can get some good value with Gronk. Uh, yeah. And if he wants to actually make a run at the playoff, that's – you know, that's what he he needs to do. That was something I did have written down that, uh, you know, OJ was coming into his own and that would be right. a, a good value trade for him. Absolutely. Yeah, John, uh, what you were saying earlier, though, about Sterling Shepard, it's kind of crazy when I look at the waiver wire uh, list, especially for wide receivers, just the names that are on there of guys that were really fantasy relevant last year that just haven't been doing anything this year. And, and Sterling Shepard's definitely one of those guys where he still has a talent. He's really good, but... I mean, even Odell is is kind of hurting from just the overall Giants' performance this year, especially with Eli Manning's lack of a pass. Even if you picked up Sterling Shepard, would you think about actually starting him the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, if if I didn't have myself someone like you know Tyler Boyd as a third uh, wide receiver flex, you know, I could easily see him getting five to seven receptions, eighty yards, you know, touchdown. Obviously, all the attention's on uh, Odell, so he he has just the same type of ability. He could take a slant, maybe not you know eighty yards to the house, but he can you know still be a solid uh, reception type of wide receiver. So I, I've used him in the past, and it uh, rolled in my favor per se, and he's uh, performed well. So you know I think it's definitely 
worth the chance if you need it. But I, I would say he probably is, you know, either touchdown uh, dependent or uh, reception, you know, high eight, maybe 10, 11. Uh, but he definitely has that capability to do it. Hey, John, on uh, Tyler Boyd, he's looked like a solid wide receiver too all year. But now with A.J. Green being out a couple weeks, I'm, I'm excited for you. I think he might be a, a fantasy stud next week, top top five wide receiver. Yes, it definitely helps, especially uh, somehow uh, I didn't look far enough ahead on draft because, you know, my two big dogs at wide receiver are out the same week. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely happy about that. If you can't hear it in my talk, I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear from him. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely glad again, no one drafted him. It was a waiver wire pickup. And, you know, if I'm able to take it to the house the rest of the year, I'm sure he will be a big reason why. I I saw your two buys and I was like, man, I I can trade for a receiver. Maybe I can get Hopkins if I give enough value. And then I'm like, I saw your bench. I'm like, oh, never mind. He's got Tyler Boyd. He's just going to fill him in. He's good to go. He doesn't need to make a change. Hey yes, John, you're not afraid that you're not afraid that they're going to be double uh, or rolling coverage to Tyler Boyd now because I mean he's obviously been benefiting from having AJ Green across from him. So I mean, yeah, I think his target share will go up. But what do you are you afraid that they might be, you know, maybe focusing in on him more now? Oh, definitely, he'll he'll be a a main show for them. So yes, he'll get more attention because obviously he was flying a little under the radar before, uh, but obviously you know he has still that that deep threat, but. With that said, you know, I guess another uh, free nugget, uh, was it John Ross? He's definitely going to be flying on the other side. He'll have a good opportunity to, uh, to show up for Cincinnati. So free nuggets. It's a good valid point. Thanks for uh, bringing good me nugget. down a little bit, Steve. No, no worries, man. That's why I'm here, bud. That's for that <laughs> loss last week. <laughs> they could always throw the ball to Tyler Eifert too. Oh, too uh, soon. Too soon, man. That poor guy. Too soon. Yeah, Steve, I got, uh, one more suggestion or free nugget. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be a popular one, but I don't think Jeff has anything to lose. I think he should start Doyle in his slot over Randall Cobb. I think Randall Cobb's production has been going down week to week. I think Doyle's going to get 14 to 16 points with the touchdown, start two tight ends, and just swing for the fences. Dang, that's crazy. Two tight ends. It works sometimes. It will. I think that's good. He's got luck from the trade that uh, – I went through with him, so stack it that way. So it's, he definitely, Luck and, uh, and Doyle definitely have a good connection from the past. All right, guys, let's make it hot in here with some blazing predictions. Blazing predictions. All right, a quick recap from last week. I was I came in last with two correct. Dominic had four, and Tommy had two as well. So the total for the year... Um, Dominic is leading uh, with 26. Uh, Tommy has 25 right, and I am last with 24. So uh, we're also going to have John this week help us out with some uh, picks. All right, guys, let's start off with the first game, uh, Mexicans versus the Godfather. Right now, Mexicans is projected to win 148 to 131. Well, let's start off with you, John. Thanks. Well, uh, on this one, I would, I would have to go with you, Steve. Really, I got to... Uh, Three players written down, and if they're going to score 90 points, can you guys guess who those three are? Uh, Barkley, Gordon, and... Breeze. Breeze. Too easy, I guess. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> so pretty pretty much I figured it's really between those three guys. I got lucky when I played Steve last week. He didn't have one of them play. Gordon was average. Breeze was 
about you know average, a little above average, uh, but definitely you know he can easily score 80, 90 points with those three players. Uh, and unfortunately, and you know Jeff could have a puncher's chance, but it would really be based off of uh, those three guys' performance and how he can uh, catch up to that. Yeah, I got uh, Steve as well. Barkley's at San Francisco and Gordon's at Oakland. That's the main reason. And going to Drew Brees, Steve, remind me, please tell me there is another player involved. Who did I trade you besides Doug Baldwin for to give you Drew Brees? Lamar Miller. Oh, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh. Uh, good trade by you. I don't know if I feel worse about that trade or giving Julian Edelman for Deion Lewis, but Deion Lewis is going to come in big this week. They are saying he's going to play better, so. He's coming into his own, yeah, but still. Exactly. I'm going to take, I'm going to go with Mexicans this week. I almost don't want to because he's playing the Chargers defense against our Oakland Raiders. So I know it's fantasy Steve, but just on principle alone. But I think Barkley Monday night football at San Francisco is going to be ridiculous. And even if anyone, no one else on your team does anything, uh, I think that's definitely going to be the uh, biggest point score right there. And then having T.Y. Hilton when Jeff is starting Andrew Luck, good play. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I did definitely didn't want to start T.Y., but, um, because he was playing Andrew Luck, I felt like, hey, you know, that's a good matchup. Um, but yeah, I'm taking myself as well just because of my matchups this week. I mean, if I look at my thing, it's uh, my app. Everything's green. So I think I'm going to have a pretty good week this week. So sorry, Jeff. I think I'm going to put you out of your misery for the season, man. All right, guys. Next game is Arm Rodri versus Brady's Brown Boys. Uh, why don't you start us off, Dom? I think it's going to be the game of the week for sure. I mean, it's already got a good amount of points from the Thursday night game. Arm Rodri had. CMC and Christian McCaffrey and Juju Smith get him 55 points. And, um, Tommy had Antonio Brown and Connor getting him 34 points. But I think it's going to come down to the Pats versus Tennessee game. Is the Tennessee that we saw last week going to show up? And if so, I think Tommy loses, but I don't think that's going to happen because Tennessee hasn't done that all week. So I'm picking Tommy in this one. And again, because he's got Tom Brady and James White, but, and that Tennessee game's important. John, who do you got? Well, I made this prediction uh, before the football game. I had uh, Brady and his Brown Boys winning, obviously, uh, with last week's performance from uh, Thomas in New Orleans. You figured he'd have another great performance. Uh, Brown had a great one tonight, but obviously uh, armed Rodgery with McCaffrey coming out. Um, you know, I might actually switch on it. I know uh, Aaron needs a win bad, and I'm looking at his thing right now, and you know, mixing against New Orleans definitely has huge potential to score big. Um, you know, if, if anything, I think uh, maybe Connor's not performing to his expectation might be, um, you know, what what makes Aaron win and Tommy lose. But like you said, James White definitely a huge a huge spotlight on him and what he can do for them. But I, I'm going to go with uh, Aaron on this one and uh, Armed Rodgery. Yeah, man, I'm going to take uh, Armed Rodgery as well. And it goes back to what Dominic said about the matchups. Even going into this uh, this week, I just don't like the Titans versus the Patriots. Um, you know, the Titans have a pretty good defense, and I think they're sneaky good, like um, we've said in the past. And uh, uh, somebody brought up a good point that I was listening to that um, Brady doesn't particularly play well against uh, ex-Patriot uh, defensive coordinators. So, like, we saw him play against Matt Patricia earlier this year. Didn't do very well, so... You know, I think that with them going to uh, Tennessee, I think that might be a little bit too much, and and uh, you know, Aaron might be able to pull this one off. Wow, that's a 
that's a really good stat. That makes me want to possibly change my pick with Tom Brady because it's yeah. true. I mean, he didn't do yeah. anything against the Lions. But I, I still think Michael Thomas has a really good day against Cincinnati and that and Joku has a really good bounce back game. Plus, I, I'm really hoping that Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones's fumble last week doesn't prevent him from starting again and gain the rock as much as possible. My flex spot is still kind of up in the air. I might sub in Adrian Pearson or Larry Fitzgerald, but right now it's Aaron Jones. And I do know Armed Rodri has started with a really great start and Joe Mixon is probably going to go off, but for some reason, I think that's it. And I think uh, as long as I can survive those three, maybe Carson Wentz, um, that I'll be fine and I'll still get the win because I, I really don't think Marlon Max is going to do much this week. Right. So I'm going to pick myself. All right. Tom. Tommy, I, I did have a note here for a free nugget. I like fit, fits in your slot over Aaron Jones. I swear to God, it's written down. I mean, I'm I'm still I'm still back and forth. You know, Who dominated Fitz? Fitz? Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. So that was Fitzpatrick pulled. too. Right. <laughs> yeah, both the Fitz, both the Fitz, both the Jameses. Well, I would definitely um, start him in the slot if you could. <laughs> I, I, I pulled uh, I pulled Twitter, and so far um, the the biggest um, the pick was Aaron Jones so far. All right, guys. Next game is the Expendables versus Time to Eat. Pretty big game, four versus seven. Obviously, Matt is on a hot streak right now, but Hart's uh, coming off a good win last week. So, uh, Tommy, start us off on this one. I have time to eat in this matchup. I think Art's team is definitely looking really good with Aaron Rodgers in Miami, Julio Jones at Cleveland, uh, even Cooper Cup, and, and Tariq Cohen had a great game last week. But uh, I think that's where it kind of starts to die off. He's he's definitely rocking the two tight ends as, as his M.O., Maybe he wants to change his name from the Expendables to the two tight ends. Um, but no, that was, no, not funny on that one. All right. Uh, <laughs> a little more creative. A little more creative. <laughs> but I think Time to Eat has really good matchups as well. So I, I think he's going to win this one. Dominic? Uh, yeah, I got Matt in a lock over Art. It's my lock of the week. I don't see Chris Carson for Seattle playing this week. That's why I picked up Davis uh, for a backup. And uh, Gronk's also questionable, and then he's got another tight end starting. So, got Matt in this one. John? Yes, I got Matt as well. I got written down uh, my Casey Love, Kelsey, and Hunt. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I know the the one question mark, uh, he has a four net. So, we'll see if uh, how that comes back. He's uh, coming back from injury. Um, and I guess another free nugget for Art. Looks like he's got Minnesota's defense, but they have a bye this week. Don't worry, I'll call him later. <laughs> I uh, I also got time to eat this week. I think he's having a really good uh, year, um, making some good moves. I really like the Philip River moves for the Matt Ryan. Most people probably wouldn't have done that, but uh, Philip Rivers usually tears up the Raiders, and unfortunately right now the Raiders are terrible. So I just like his matchups a little bit better. Um, anytime you have two KC players, uh, like John said, uh, it's always a good thing, and I just don't see very much firepower in the Expendables this week with their matchups besides Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. So definitely got Matt this week. All right. Next game we have is Noble Savages versus Jeebus Strikes Back. Dominic, start us off. Yeah, I got Vince in another lock uh, just because of the slow start from John's team with Cam and Greg getting him 27. And then he's going against Mahomes and Tyreek Hill against Arizona. It's just too much to overcome. So sorry, get you on the podcast and crap all over you in person, John, but that's, that's my pick. <laughs> that's okay. You know, it's a, a rematch from week one. 
and uh, he destroyed me by 81 points that first week. I would hate to say that it's going to happen again, but uh, my research that I did, uh, every time I lost, I didn't score more than 105 points. Looks like I'm going to follow that trend as well. Uh, even before uh, the poor performance, I would still be probably going with Vince. So uh, light went up for me on the South Side Beach and uh, enjoy this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got a, a, a Vince this week, too. Like, like you said, uh, um, the firepower Vince has and your team already to a slow start. And where was these, these, uh, this production last week, man? You killed it last week. So, yeah, I got Vince in a pretty easy one this week. So even though I I really don't like the RB twos of each team, I, I got Vince because I think just Odell Beckham kind of the same thing with Saquon on Monday Night Football. Both those players play good under the lights and and in the spotlight. So I think he's going to go off. And and Mahomes in Arizona is just ridiculous. So uh, right now projected for thirty four points for Patrick. I, I bet he gets easily over forty. So Noble Savage is in the win. All right, guys. Last game of the week is number one versus number ten. Watson, Mackinac, my girly, and Stand Up Collins. Uh, Aaron took a huge lead already. He's a sixty-two to zero with Ben Rosberger and uh, Vance McDonald uh, going off already. Uh, John, why don't you go ahead and uh, pick this one? Yeah, well, I had this written up before, and uh, my big thing was uh, for Dominic: how Gurley goes is how he goes. Uh, obviously, with uh, the performance put up, he's uh, got a little uphill battle. But we know the one guy that could easily put up the same amount of points that Big Ben did uh, would be uh, Gurley. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably stick with my guns. I know we're all rooting for uh, stand-up Colin to get his uh, first W under his belt. But I think uh, I'll keep rolling with Dom and we'll see uh, if Gurley goes off. I actually have, well, now after the Thursday night game and Big Ben, man, 48 points. It's ridiculous. Uh, I have stand-up Colin, win- Colin winning this one. Uh, I really like Devontae Adams at Miami, Zeke Elliott at Philadelphia. I think uh, they're, they haven't been playing that well lately, so they really want to get this division rival, um, you know, give it their all, especially at Philadelphia. So I think Zeke's going to eat. Um, the only person I don't like on Santa Collins' t- uh, starting roster right now is Maurice Harris. I know he just picked him up today. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a long shot, but it, it might pay out. I like Dom's team, you know, but I think uh, after... Mitch Trubisky goes against Detroit. Dom's going to try to pick up Matthew Stafford. I'm calling it. Oh, man. He's got some <laughs> bad matchups, but probably he's going to get desperate. I'm going to take Dominic this week um, just because I, I know uh, Foss, uh, excuse me, Rapoli got out to a good uh, start. But, you know, we've seen Aaron's team, unfortunately, sometimes have some lace and make. So, obviously, they got um, – he's it's a possibility for some of his players to go not do well. And then I like some of um, Dominic's matchup with Todd Gurley and Deion Lewis. Mitch Trubisky, so I think maybe Dominic can pull this one out and win this week. Huh. I was going to pick myself, but since Steve picked me, he's going to curse me for the third week, and I think <laughs> that's really why he picked me. So because Pretty of the much. lead, I'm going to go with Aaron on this one uh, just for some separation. But I will say uh, you said it was a gamble, Tommy, streaming defenses, and it's been working out, but I don't really think it's a gamble if you could pick up any team that plays Buffalo. That's been my strategy. I don't think that's a shocker to anyone. So any anyone that can play against Buffalo uh, is a good defense. So I got New York Jets. So hopefully with McCown, they can control the ball a little bit more. And hopefully Todd has a big game. If When I do lose, Vince is going to take his rifle place at first place with the most points scored in the league because we'll have the same record. And so will John if he beats him. 
and he'll jump to seven and three and take the first place lead. A lot of movement this year in, in our league. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, a lot of parity, which is nice. It's good. It means everybody's doing really well. Everyone's fighting really hard, and uh, everyone's in it still. You know what I mean? So what, we got four weeks left to the playoffs, so um, just keep going, keep trying, keep making those trades, keep picking up guys, and just uh, keep doing your thing. Everyone's listening to the podcast. Yeah. All right, guys, that does it for our show today. We want to thank John for coming on and helping us out with some picks. If you like what you're listening to, please rate and review the show on iTunes, and you can follow us on SoundCloud. And as always, please leave any comments or questions in our Yahoo Fantasy app, or you can hit up the voicemail line during the week, or you can drop up a tweet on our Twitter at um, Twitter handle, 2on1FFB Podcast. I'm also at FB Savant 7075. And I'm at TMO52 underscore. And I'm at Yeast Mode 24. All right, guys. Good luck in fantasy this week. Thanks for coming on, John. Yeah, uh, this is the two-on-one fantasy football podcast. Just want to let you guys know that I'm the only one with a perfect record. Uh, you guys all suck, so enjoy and have a winning season. But mine's perfect. Suckers. This is a message from Jeebus. I have blessed John by letting Mark Ingram fumble the ball, and he will win by exactly two points. Wee 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 wee. Bad boy good. Bad boy good. Bad boy good. Bad boy good.